you're an artist and poet that I've respected and writer for so long. And for me, it was like this ideal to be able to do something with you or something in collaboration with you. And I had no idea what it would be, but I wanted to have the conversation. Yeah. And we began at the beginning of pandemic, right? Yes. Like a couple months into the pandemic. Isn't yes. that correct? Yeah. And now it's two and a half years later. <laughs> exactly. And we have an installation in a gallery, right. and it's way beyond what either of us thought. Right. You have a book coming out of it. Right. For me, I think there's three shows that I made from this conversation, yeah. and this is the third exactly. one. Exactly, and we also have some other projects coming. Yeah, together. I think I situate it all, though, when I first saw your earliest paintings at RISD, when we were in graduate school in right. the 90s, yes. and wondering who you were. Right? And I, I feel that way every time I look at any of your work. I mean, like, what imagination is this co all coming out of? Like, I'm fascinated by um, beyond not just your aesthetic, which is prodigious and daunting and meticulous. It's more um, how do you dream this way, mm -hmm. right? I've, all your paintings, I mean, these are very different than your earlier paintings. Those paintings are different than the other, right? Um, I think it's your ability to engage the abstract in a way that also leaves me both floorless but also in a place. And I also think I, I recognize, maybe it's our friendship over all the decades, I don't know, but there's something about the work, uh, your work over the years, and I've watched you making marks for decades now, mm -hmm. right? That as a different kind of mark maker, right? As a poet, as a writer, like I relate to the alphabet as a abstract symbols. Right. And how can I make those, the alphabet, behave painterly? I, I, I mean that deeply, yeah. right? And, and, and you can if you really take time. You really take time. You can make the reader feel something that they think it's about the words, but it's not. So that's, that's the core of like looking at paintings. It's, it's a time-based medium. It's exactly. really, you can't, exactly. it, it has this, you have to go slow and you have to do it again and again exactly. and again. And it's in that engagement. Well, if you don't like, mind, I would really this? like to back up and talk about monotypes. Okay. So really the way that this collaboration came about was, the monotypes. was in that first conversation, you were telling me about the monotypes you did yeah. uh, that showed in London. And I remember saying to you, one of the first things I said to you is, Julie, they're so intimate. I was trying to give you lines that were behaving both in terms aesthetically as you only get one chance, so make the line count, but also make sure you're putting everything on the page every single time. Right. And so that's where the, the poem came from that I ended up writing for you was, here's a sentence that I hope behaves like uh, a monotype and has the intimacy that I saw you putting in those monotypes that just floored me. When you first sent me the poem and the and, and I and I saw it was I don't know a hundred and something pages, <laughs> I was like oh my god, and I was like I need to I need to print this and I need to read it somewhere like I can't read this yeah. on a screen. Yeah. I took it home and I remember I was really busy yeah. at that moment. I was finishing something and then I remember it was like a Saturday where I like took the morning and I was like this is my morning to read this and I read it I think three times. This to me there's this really intimate aspect in each poem. This one t this getting one word or a phrase or a group of words together, a, 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 what's it, a stanza? Sure. <laughs> On the page. Oh, yes, a stanza. Well, it's great you're bringing up this room because stanza means room. Architecturally, in Italiano, it means a room. Okay, yeah. So the, the, trying to create spaces for you to walk in, right? I was very aware of you 
throughout the whole entire writing. But it goes, it's like magnificent, like scale, yeah, time and scale becomes this enormous thing. Right, well you and I were talking about time and the history of time the yes. whole time, yes. no pun intended, right? Julie and I had this fantastic conversations about uh, migrations and uh, cave paintings and the history of art and how the history of art is so much older than we let on or that we even want to admit and some of those histories are located in South Africa so then but also because of your family and your history I think part of why we're friends is that our lives both of our lives contain similarities around um, you know I hate to I hate to talk about migration and I hate to talk about these things because the moment you have two women speaking about migration people wax all nostalgic and sentimental and they miss the political rigor um, that I mean when I say migration and I think you mean too and I think that's partly why your work has blown the world away for so long is uh, you know migration is a very serious thing that is impacted by so many things, empire, nation, right, colonialism, refugeeism, et cetera. Um, and I wanted that rigor that you bring in your work around migration since I first saw your first paintings to the poem so that you wouldn't feel when you read the poem um, that your work was being sentimentalized in any way. It was very important to me to meet your rigor toe to toe. And that, that took a lot of work because you're a very <laughs> rigorous painter. What was one of the most remarkable parts of coming here, and I had listened to the recording so many times, and when I thought of the recording, when I heard it downstairs, um, with the, when you first time I heard it was when you read it mm -hmm. at the convening. We did this convening in, in New York at the end of the Whitney show, and um, when you came and you read that, that was the stunning moment of the day. Everyone was silent, and it was, again, this kind of command of the voice mm. and of the room and of this history. Mm. So you, you'd mind this history, this archive of your own as well. And, the, and, and, and I think that what, what that archive does and the, what your work does is it deconstructs and breaks down all these constructs that, we've, that we have created, right? Like these constructs of, that are defining political constructs of our sociality and like sure. what the scale does yeah. and what you do in this work is it's all, it's kind of, and, and abstraction does this, is it reduces that. It, it, it completely kind of exposes its, its fail, the failures of that and the, and the contradictions of that. But it also just shows you how minuscule all of that is in the larger context of time and exactly. being and migration and kind of the inherited trauma that we all carry in right. that path. And so when I heard your voice downstairs, again here, when I walked into the paintings and I was listening and your voice came and it's like these phrases, they're each one, they're, they become this longer kind of long poem, one poem, but they also are these moments, each one is like, a mono, like what you said, a monotype of a phrase that carries everything in it at the same time, you know? Even if it's one word. I think that's really incredible that that happens and, and yet there's an abstraction in that and there's this elimination of those constructs. Like it, it, it completely breaks them down. And I think it's so interesting that it takes artists of color to do that. <laughs> and what is that? That's the knowledge of, no, like that's the, in, in, the intuition and not intuition, the kind of um, experienced knowledge that has always created an invented future. The future. Absolutely. I mean, that's but also awareness of how manufactured our realities are. Totally. 
That's what I was trying to, yeah, right? that's, yeah, like, thank you for putting it into No, but no, you're, no, you're, no, 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 you, what you just said was great about the future, but it's also, I think, uh, abstract work by artists of color. It's really about, like, interrogating what all these inherited notions that we pretend are real, yeah. like history. Right? We now know, of course, that history is manufactured, yeah. usually by the victors, as you know, we've geography. heard that. Geography, borders. Yeah. Borders are manufactured yeah. more than anything in the world, perhaps. Enslavement. Right? All of it, enslavement, <laughs> right? Like, yeah, and that's the, that, like, to me, that's where this invention, like, we look at right. time, at least in the United States, and you look at this history of what was in, how was culture invented? Right. It was invented on the insistence of being. That's right. Like in, in the face of that's right. the, the effort to extinguish that. That's right. Right? And so that's, it, to me, there, there's, there's that sense of scale that goes, that is, that is enormous. Right. That is part of a, like, is that part of our condition? Just over time? Has that always been? I don't been? know. Uh, I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> but what I was thinking of just looking at you was about our, one, some other early conversations we had. We were both reading uh, Mazam and Guesti's novel, The Shadow King. The Shadow King. Beautiful. And it's an extraordinary novel. And we didn't know that we were both reading it at the same time yeah. as we're having these conversations. Yeah. But I started reading a lot about Ethiopian history because we were having this conversation. I just don't know how to engage I didn't want to engage your, but your see, that's work, the rigor nor that your life <laughs> superficially. I think that would be insulting to you and, and, and to your history and to your parents' history and your survival. It would just be, it's an insult to pick up someone lightly, I think. It's insulting. So I really needed to go deep. And in that conversation, I don't remember if you remember, we were talking about the church at Lalibela. I sent you a picture yeah. and I was like, I've always wanted to go to this church. For the viewers, Lalibela is a church that is um, carved into rock from the 1600s, I want to say, medieval period yeah. for sure. And one of the things that's beautiful about it, the myth is that uh, the carvers woke up one day and they carved the church into a rock. And um, they woke up one day and the church was almost finished and they were like, what happened? And the myth is that the angels were so pleased with their devotion, they came down and finished the carving for them. <laughs> and uh, that was also very prominent in my mind. How can I have uh, a culture that is as old as Ethiopia? And it goes back for millennia, not just the few thousands of years we know about, but really, hundreds of thousands of years, it's the seat of civilization. Mm. And we don't talk about uh, Ethiopia that way. We don't talk about Africa that way. We talk about the caves of Lascaux or whatever. Yeah. And so you and I had a lot of conversations about cave paintings and mark makings and all these things. And I just wanted it to be an homage to you, your history, your family's history, our shared history of migration. So the first line of the second long poem is, I think at some point they thought that I would come back home. And then the second line is, I think I thought so too, because what I was hoping to do was to talk about, okay, so there's this vast millennia behind our histories. Right. And yet, there we were meeting in New England, <laughs> and you were making your paintings, and I was translating Sanskrit at the Div School, <laughs> right? But very, very, very aware that there's so much history in our bodies, and I don't mean trauma, I mean magnificent, glorious, right. Right. mark making, astonishing history yeah. in our bodies that we don't exalt enough. And I wanted to exalt the courage it took to leave home yeah. as an artist, as a woman artist, 
to make art. I mean, you and I bump into each other, right, through the years. Well, where are you now? I'm in Houston. Where are you now? I'm at NYU. What are you doing? I'm painting. What are you doing? I'm writing poetry. Oh, my God. Like, you know, it was always this, like, support and encouragement for um, a kind of exalted aesthetic life for each other and each other's work, and I've always been very grateful for that. You don't get it often, and you've given it to me over the years. The paintings that you did um, with all the architectural elements, that also gave me a lot of inspiration in terms of being meticulous in my poems, formally, right? Because um, I really love formal gestures in poems, even though I do a lot of abstract stuff. I love to come back. But it's both. To formal structures, exactly. It's the formal rigor And whose paintings does that sound like, Julie? <laughs> do you mind talking about the work a little bit? No, I'm serious. It's kind of it comes in many parts, but that whole, the, the, the email, the emails we were writing each other and the conversations we were having and your approach to just this project really stunned me because, like I said, it could have been, I was like, do whatever, anything. You could read something by someone else or, and, you went so deep in terms of conceptual rigor around understanding monotypes, just as a basis. And then even the way you've been talking about trying to make understand me, our conversations with each other about your family, about our shared queer history, and like what you talked about, this kind of, the, the, like we were like these young beings who were just like effervescent with like totally. life. And Absolutely. It was the 90s and it was like everything was happening yes. and it was like the post, it was like still an AIDS moment. Yes. It was like people were still yeah. not dying of AIDS mm -hmm. and that was, you know, ACT UP has just, Absolutely. but it, it was just after all that, but Absolutely. it was still that that kind of moment. Mm -hmm. and. Um, but, they, but antivirals were just working. And so there was this kind of real kind of af activism on the continent, meaning, uh, meaning Africa and other places for access to drugs. And we were all in this, like we ran to each other so many times in New York City. Totally. And that whole, and I loved how in our conversations, we went right back to all of that yes. to like go back into this work. Right. And what it did for me, it was pandemic. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really interesting that this show is coming at, hopefully we're moving into a epic stage of this pandemic yes. and it, we were in the middle yes. of the quarantine, the yes. harshest, the, the yes. most intense part of quarantine, yes. the most fearful, unknown yes. time. Yes. And, and an election that was terrifying. An election that was terrifying. We had been in a terrifying four years in, the, exactly. in, the, in our country where exactly. history, the history of the country was, the ugliest sides of that history was Absolutely. rearing its head again Absolutely. in the most kind of obvious, yeah. un, unobscured way. Mm -hmm. And I say that because so much of that history was obscured or was kind of shadowed in ways in the past. And I think that we were in this conversation together during that. And for me, what ended up coming was, what, what ended up happening was this kind of loosening in the work completely to, in order to find this, to find that kind of liberatory space that I felt like I existed in so easily in when I was younger. So there's something about that. Yeah. All of the images in this show are mediated, the kind of media, the, the way the media tried to picture pandemic. How do you take, how do you make images of pandemic? So yeah. all of that gear that we, people gear. had to wear, yeah. the protective gear, especially people who were treating people with COVID. So all of that was the mediated images of this pandemic. Mm. And I tried to use those as points of departure mm. for these paintings. But the paintings are titled Among the Multitude, all of them. Mm -hmm. 
and it's this multitude that we are talking about. Like yes. this is what intimacy yes. goes back into. Yes. And that's what I want to kind of understand because these, I feel like these paintings play with the print, the hand print, mm -hmm. the body print a little bit. Yeah. And, and this ancientness of mark making, but mm -hmm. also with um, that sense of scale that we were talking about, this kind of, this, this place of the multitude and, and, this, and, and the exposure of the sham of what we were talking about, nation, the borders, it, the kind of like how pandemic challenged that Absolutely. immediately in a moment. Absolutely. It exposed the failure Absolutely. of that and the falsities of that. So I don't know, like for me, those were all the places that I was working on this through. The intimacy poem that's here at Marion Goodman in Paris, that was just me continuing conversations with you when we weren't actually in live conversations. So that poem came how out of that. How did that happen? I don't know. I don't know. I feel the same way about your paintings. How did that happen? I don't know how you do what you do. I wanted to be an homage and I wanted the poem to, to read, the poems to read like something that anyone who has ever turned their back or and walked away from their home could enter because that's evolutionarily, that's a very brave expression of human beings. And it's happened since we were, had just become upright, right? Yeah. And I think when you and I would meet on the sidewalks or at parties or at activists, right, um, events, part of what we were seeing each other is like, you left home. And I was seeing, I think you were seeing, oh, you left home too. Right? And how are you doing? And what are you doing? And I think that's a, a kind of political care and an evolutionary care that people from diaspora have for each other. But you know, I've often <laughs> been concerned about with you and other black abstract artists, like who are their people? Not family, although that's true too, but you know, where do you find that kind of community if you're not doing figuration all the time, or if you're not right? If you're not following the 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 the, the trends of whatever's happening in the art world, right. I mean, partly what's so extraordinary about your work is that you're just uniquely you, right? You're a maverick in your own world, and you don't look back, mm -hmm. and that's what's beautiful and um, breathtaking and astonishing about the work that you do, right? And so how to meet that, and like, it was really important for me to think about all that, so I, I just took all your books and, you know, I just sat with your life for a long, long time while we were in quarantine. And, and you know, this sounds really lovely and all, but I used you, I used your biography <laughs> to make work. I do it all the time. I'm constantly using people to kind of access an aesthetic that I've been trying to get to, and I have to say, I don't think it's a coincidence that the, the part two that's in the installation, um, this history that we share, our friendship and our political life, it allowed me to access something that I've been trying to get to for decades. There's been a history of a form of like making where, the, where, where one feels the need to explain themselves, right? Yes. Like, and I feel like a lot of, and not all, because I think some of the most incredible works are representational or, or figurative. I mean, and in our history, it's been such an important aspect Absolutely. of that. And I think there's some really important things that happen in that space. But there's also a lot of work where they get celebrated, to me, that feels like it ignores the history of abstraction. It ignores Absolutely. the, and the, and the kind of 
radical history in abstraction. I think this poem is an effort of, I mean, we spoke about this before, but there's an inherent critique of rep the, rep the representational Absolutely. and a space of in creative work. Absolutely. And that's a really, it's a really interesting thing to think about language as abstraction and to think about letters as part of the, the, ab the abstraction. But we can think about favorite writers like Toni Morrison right. and, and who is like fully embracing a particular kind of Absolutely. representational work but is also, in, the abstract is inherently radical in that work. Absolutely. Constantly turning, Absolutely. right? Flu Absolutely. So I just wanted to ask you about that inherent criticism that you have in sure. this poem. Thank you so and of much. that space. Thank but you for seeing that. But for me, it comes to this. It, one of the reasons that I'm super interested in that is, is the, the, the you know what Glissant said that's kind of desire the kind of right to opacity right. and right to abstraction Absolutely. in that space. I think there is a critique of a kind of a historical figuration in the poem that I wrote for you for sure because great we can represent the black body till the cows come home, right? But what I'm afraid that happens in the absence of a discourse around abstraction within figuration is that those black bodies have no interiority. Yeah. And what I feel about abstract art is it's actually as much a part of figuration as it is, as anything else, it's just the interior of the body. You know, when I look at your paintings, I'm saying I'm seeing the inside, right. which is a much more vulnerable thing, right? right? It's a much more, for me, I'm not saying, uh, you know, I'm not, critiquing representational work or even representational politics. We need it, it's necessary. Exactly. The world must exactly. change. Exactly. The world is changing because of it. Yes. So thank Absolutely. the gods. Yeah. I'm also saying what's equally important to me is a very aggressive um, exaltation of the interior, right? So many um, so well people, put. so many people have been told we don't have an interior, we don't have an intellect, we don't have a soul, we don't have philosophy, we don't have any of these things we know that all to be grossly untrue. And so my emphasis on the abstract is to go, yes, yes, let's, okay, let's move this over here, but what are all these beautiful people thinking? What are all these beautiful people feeling? What are they dreaming? What are they imagining? Right? Of course their bodies are beautiful. Give me a break. We knew that thousands of years ago. <laughs> Sorry that the rest of the world is just catching up. Yeah. Right? But I'm not writing for the rest of the world in that way. Right. I, I want to go deeper into the body. Right? And for me, figuration is exquisite, but for me it's a first step. Right? What I'm much more interested in is what people are thinking about at night when they're trying to fall asleep. That's much more interesting to me. Why are they still awake? 60 billion years. 60 billion years, right? <laughs> Julie and I, we talk so much, right, about these long timelines. I mean, and that's yeah. what's frustrating for me about being an American artist, right? Four, four paltry centuries, are you joking? Yeah. Are you joking? Yeah. No. No, I refuse to play that little trick. No, <laughs> I will not be imprisoned by American time. Yeah. I will not. Good. That's what's so great about us being in Paris, too. I know. <laughs> I know. Exactly. Can you talk about time in your work? Time is about scale and relativity, right? Like, mm -hmm. and relative scale. Yeah. And how important it is that we, like, can play with that. Mm -hmm. And so somebody asked me the, a question the other day about scale in my work, and I talked about time. And so, like, 
for me. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> and just time at a time. And so yeah. I think, the, and part of that was because when you got closer to when, when I would make these big works, like these works, as opposed, and these paintings are smaller or more, right. more intimate in that way, scale becomes this very, um, it, it plays with relativity in that yeah. space where you can, when you go up to this print and you look at one part of it, you can't see the rest of it. But yes. when you're back here, you can see the whole thing and it yes. becomes, and that scale of relativity is really important yes. to, to, and that scale, that experience. Right. And for me, that operates in a way that with your, when you talk about time, we're thinking about, it's, it deals with this aspect yeah. of relative scale sure. and, and space and not sure. being imprisoned by four centuries. Mm -hmm. So I think that I'm, I'm playing with this history of mark making that goes back thousands of years that any painter has looked at all of this yes. history yes. and that the invention of a mark out of like, it, it, it exists as a, as, a, as a sample, as a kind of echoing of right. the past. It can't right. exist otherwise, right. but it can be reconfigured in ways to create possible other thoughts or sure. futures or experiences. Yes. So time for me, um, is in that experience, I guess. It's in the scale of the work and in in the space of the work. Like there's there's there the play this kind of play with light and play with space mm -hmm. allows for these some I think especially in this work allows for this other kind of imaginary space that is in, that can be kind of um, infinite in a way. But it's also playing with kind of the, the rigorous history of uh, black radical traditions and mm -hmm. abstraction, mm -hmm. like being able to take something that's very, that has a formal restraint, formal construct to mm -hmm. it, and being able to like, in, in, it, like infuse that with something else, being able right. to like re reorient that right. in ways that like Coltrane did, or Sonny exactly. Rollins did, yeah. or like exactly. Alice Coltrane did, exactly. you know? And so there's that, yeah. there's this, and, and what can be invented in that yeah. space that I think is super, Interesting, and one of the reasons I wanted to work, make an album together. Yes, <laughs> yes, exactly. And albums are like a, a time-based experience. Right. And right. the reason I came to you was to give this work a time, like, oh, how do I create time-based experiences to, like, and I wanted to do that with the monotypes. I don't want to just do a slideshow. I wanted to do something that mm -hmm. had this other ex time, enforced time experience. Right. You, you know you didn't finish it if you didn't hear the whole thing. Yes. <laughs> Exactly. And I think it's amazing that so you talk you about talk your about paintings that? Being, as being durational. Yes, I can talk about that. And I also want to talk about your use of color in this show. The color comes from the photographs, uh, the blurred photographs uh, of, these, of, the, of this pandemic, mm -hmm. the way the media images the pandemic. That's interesting. That's what the blurs, the blurred photographs mm -hmm. come from. And then that informs the color of how everything else that comes out of the paintings. Yeah. So that that initial color, that's the blurred photo, mm -hmm. then becomes, I take elements of that color and bring it back to the surface. So it's almost like a double image or a mm -hmm. double version mm -hmm. of that photo. Mm -hmm. But there's, it's a projected light from inside the image. Wow. Like it, to me, that's how they come across. Yeah. But um, this was just much more intuitively like, I worked into the print so many times with so many variations before we got the color right. Wow. And this is copper plate, right? Yeah, this is five copper plates for each piece of paper. So there's, so it's 50 plates, the whole thing. Oh my God. It's like, um, but, but then one mark on a page, I mean, it could be the whole. Yes. <laughs> yes. It could. 
But this is a thing, It's a great right? way that to think like, around excavating. It's like the, it's like. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. This is the thing I was going to say. Exactly. It's the excavation of the psyche, right? And why we should insist upon the abstract as being a part of these larger conversations around representation. It's like we must represent the psyche in this discourse, right? And how, how dare, how dare we not? Right? How dare we not? And how dare we not be allowed that space? Exactly. Which so let's I think just black take art, it. <laughs> black artists have been denied it for so long. Exactly. How many artists exactly. are we knowing that have been working in abstraction for so long? Exactly. Exactly. So one of the things we didn't talk about that I really feel in your work is the power of silence. And I wondered if you could talk about that. I feel like also in studying all of your work, monotypes included, drawings included, there's just this presence that's completely silent, but that is forceful, resonant, always there. So I'm just wondering if you think about silence at all. It's so interesting because I feel like sometimes it, what people always talk about is a cacophony in the work, mm -hmm. right? And the kind of noise of it. And really? Yeah, which, which wow. I, uh, what, what I understand, but I actually, yeah. I think with these and the monotypes, um, it, there was a lot about the erasure of the marks, like, mm -hmm. you know, and that's when I started to bring the erasure mm -hmm. into the paintings, was to get rid of, like, mm -hmm. and I do think that there are these spaces of where, the com where the, they come together and you're actually experiencing something that is not, that there is not that form of noise or cacophony right. or right. multitude of sounds. But I think it's so interesting that, you, that, that they bring up silence for you. And for me, I definitely have those experiences with these paintings. But I love that you pick, picked up on that. I definitely feel that in your poem, too. When I look at your work and I experience your work, I go silent completely. And not because I'm overwhelmed, but because it matches the world. Like, I'm like, yes, this is life. Yes, this is what it feels like to walk down the street. Yes, this is what it feels like to be a particular kind of body in a particular kind of city, right? Or a in a, at a particular kind of time. Yes, this is what my insides feel like. This is a place that has no language. When you talk about silence, that's what I was, yes. it's that experiential yes. kind of visceral yes. experience. It's interesting, I mean, I, I, I'm honored you say that. I'm happy that you feel that. Because that to me is, is what is the is like the reason that I work in abstraction as well is this is this effort at trying to create something that it can't don't have language for exactly I think that's what poetry is too at its best it's just a deep irony that you use language to get there but it's not at all about the language it's about the marks